Well, it's been well said that the Psalms give us Christ singing the law and the Proverbs give us him meditating on the law. So we're going to look at uh, a few verses here out of Proverbs chapter 1. And we'll look again at this idea that in Proverbs, it's Christ personified as wisdom. And so we want to take on the mind of Christ. And a great place is to see what's said here about two separate paths available to us here in Proverbs chapter 1. Let's start at verse 23. It says, If you had responded to my rebuke, I would have poured out my heart to you and made my thoughts known to you. So there are two paths here. This is the first path for those that reject this offer, this grace, this forgiveness, this life in Christ. And for those who continue to habitually move down that path of sin and self, he says, if you responded to my rebuke or my correction, I would have poured out my heart and my thoughts to you. As Gary Brady says, we can trace nearly all our troubles to our failure to respond to Christ's rebukes. So if we listen to the direction and the correction of Jesus, he says he'll pour out his heart and his thoughts to us and we become more like him in our living and in our thinking. You know, there's a fascinating study that was done a few years ago. They looked at the salaries of fathers and their sons. And what they found is, you know, generally across the board, sons make about the same salary as their fathers. So if their fathers make a a very, you know, they're very wealthy and they make a high salary, the son will make that same salary. If the father makes a low salary, the son will grow up and he'll make a a low salary as well. So that's not a a coincidence. What it is, is a pattern of thinking that gets passed down from person to person, generation to generation until somebody takes up new thinking and then takes up new beliefs and takes new actions. And Proverbs is about changing that pattern of thinking that is wrapped around just what is it that self wants and seeking self. It's very important to understand what's being said here in Proverbs chapter 1. It's that the Lord reserves his blessing for holy people. The blessing comes through holiness, and we need wisdom to then live holy. Now, there's another path here to be taken, and it's for those that reject that offer and, again, choose self and sin and what happens there. Let's go to chapter 1, Proverbs, verse 28. It says, They will call to me, but I will not answer. They will look for me, but they will not find me. Pretty stunning statement here. For those who continue down that path of sin and self, there, there can be a point where they will call unto God. He won't answer. They will seek. They won't find. Very different than the believer's life where it says, you know, if you ask, it's given. If you seek, you shall find. If you knock, the door shall be open unto thee. We're told why in the next verse, God will not answer. He says, because they hated knowledge and they did not choose to fear the Lord. Looking at our our culture today, we can see again these two paths laid out clearly in the consequence of other people's lives as as well as our own. You know, that sin, there's a consequence to that. That sin, there's an outcome if we continue to, to sow a certain way, we then reap a certain way. But we also know on the positive side, if we sow to holiness, then we we reap that blessing. As Eric Olson said, you cannot starve a man who's feeding on God's promises. 
in Proverbs, it's about studying the mind of Christ so that we take on that thinking and choose then that right path and understand those who are on the wrong path. They can correct where they're going, but it takes a change in our thinking. Rick Renner is a minister here in the U.S. He's also a minister over in Russia. He shared about one day he was in Russia driving down the road. This this elderly man walked out into traffic and he was hit by a car, you know, just full on. And he was violently knocked to the ground. And then another car tried to swerve and hit him also. And, and so all the traffic stopped. And Rick Renner said, you know, I got out of the car and they called the police. They, they checked on this man. He was in terrible shape. When the police arrived, he recognized the police officer and he said, you mind if I, I pray with that older older gentleman there? And the, the officer said, sure, I don't think it'll do much good, but, you know, yes, absolutely. And so Rick Renner said he knelt down, he prayed with this older man and he said he just was in terrible shape. And then he, you know, he went on his way and a week later he got a call from the police and they needed him to to make a statement. They said, you were an eyewitness and that that man died. And so he goes to the police station to make a, a police report. And he said, you know, I went there and, and said, I'm here to make a police report. They said, okay, you're the, you're the man who witnessed the 27-year-old gentleman that got hit. And he said, no, I, I was the, the one who saw the older man get hit. And they said, no, that guy, that guy was 27. And, and Rick Renner said, how's that possible? You know, he looked very elderly. And as he would learn, this man was well-known and he was a severe alcoholic and had just lived basically drinking vodka every day and it aged him tremendously. And Rick Renner said it well, a life dominated by the flesh is a hard life. A life dominated by the flesh is a hard life. But there's a renewal that takes place if we surrender to Christ and we take on that thinking that he calls us to take on and live that way he calls us to live. And in that place, he says he makes all things new. A life in the flesh, it's, it's filled with excess and imbalance. But when we're centered in Christ and we live in him and take on thinking like Proverbs calls us to do, we're again taking on more and more the thoughts of God. So here's something Charles Spurgeon shared, you know, two centuries ago that anybody can pray right this moment. If you're on the right path, two prayers. If you're on the wrong path, same two prayers. And anybody can take these prayers and use them and just, you can do it every day and say this. But it's all about getting aligned with who we're called to be in Christ and thinking like he thinks living like he calls us to live because the, the blessings are reserved for those who, who walk in faithfulness. So two prayers, Charles Spurgeon. The first one, Lord, show me myself. Lord, show me myself. And just pray that and quietly wait. You know, it's about taking off the blinders. We often do these softeners to make ourselves feel better or to justify our actions and to, and to alleviate, you know, that sense of uh, burning in our conscience that, you know, this is not the right way. But when we say, God, show me myself and step back and say, let me see me how you see me and then make the necessary adjustments. And that's the path that leads to life. 
So the first prayer, show me myself. The second prayer, Lord, show me yourself. Scripture says one day we shall see him and then we shall be like him for we shall see him as he is. But until that day, there's this, there's this blindness that's partial, you know, it's looking through the glass darkly. We can't see so clearly, but you know, may we be like Moses who said, Lord, can I just see your face? And then get a chance to say, Lord, show me yourself and to, to gaze upon his holiness to drive us to that place to say, then that's what I want to live to, to know Christ and the power of his resurrection. As has been well said, if you take one step in God's direction, he will take 10 steps towards you. So always remember God is for you, not against you. Proverbs makes it clear again that there is a reaping and a sowing in life. And holiness leads to one outcome and sin leads to another. You know, St. Irenaeus, going back to 200 AD, 1800 years ago, he said this about where to find the glory of God. He said, the glory of God is found in the person who is fully alive. You see, we're supposed to live that joy, unspeakable life, that victory in Jesus' life. And to do that, it starts with our thinking. And when our thinking's transformed, our life becomes transformed when it's followed by actions. And when we're fully alive and you live that passionate life, then that is when God is glorified. C.S. Lewis said it costs God nothing to create nice things. But to convert rebellious wills cost him crucifixion. Again, only stop and say, how important is it that we follow after him? Jesus would lay down his life to say, this is how important it is. Proverbs chapter 1, verse 30 says, again, talking about those on the wrong path, since they would not accept my advice and spurn my rebuke or correction, they will eat the fruits of their ways. You know, again, the concept of Scripture is clear. You know, that uh, as you sow, so shall you reap. And that's a positive and a negative thing depending on what it is that we sow. And if you want to reap new fruits, you and I have to sow appropriately. So if somebody sows, you know, hate. They're going to reap that. If they sow greed, they'll reap the consequence of that. But if they sow love, they're going to reap love. If they sow giving, they're going to reap giving. I'll show you some examples of that here in Mother Teresa's life where, you know, a couple of different gentlemen had had done interviews for her and, and, you know, it sort of changed their entire way of looking at everyday life. One, Wayne Dyer did a radio interview. Said, you know what? I, I really... I want to support your mission. You know, what can I do to support your mission? She was here in the U.S. getting ready to to go back to India. She said, if you want to be a part of this mission, here's what you can do. Same thing is for you and I. But she said, if you want to support this mission, here's what you can do. Get up early tomorrow morning. Take a walk down the street and the first lonely person you meet, show them God's love. She said, you know how many lonely people there are in the world? Desperate for somebody to to show them kindness. 
another man did an interview with her and and after the interview he got to take her to uh, the airport and she was leaving the u.s and traveling to mexico and he said you know i actually have some time that i could take i'd love to get a plane ticket and fly with you to mexico and and talk to you on the plane so you could just give me some nuggets of wisdom and i could just learn from you you could be a mentor on that plane and mother Teresa said to this man listen you want to learn the most that you can from me here's what you do you take that money that you would have spent on the plane ticket go find the first needy person you meet and give that money to them you'll learn more in that act than you would talking with me and this man he did that he gave that money to a person in need and it totally turned his thinking around again it's what you sow it's what you reap ron roth i love this he's written books on healing he, he shared about you know praying for people and seeing miracles he said though when people ask how to heal themselves i tell them to pray for others to be healed why because again if you're wanting to reap healing then you need to sow it so if somebody's going to pray into your life and my life then what do we need to sow sow prayer into somebody else's life it's all about a, a different level of thinking. It's all about a different way of looking at life that says, you know, I want to take on the mind of Christ. Notice here verse 32 is now the contrast between the, the path of destruction to the path of life. Solomon shares the waywardness of the simple will destroy them. Some translations have kill them. And the complacency of fools will destroy them. Waywardness and foolishness, they lead to destruction. But here's the contrast. But whoever listens to me, notice the words here, will live in safety, be at ease, without fear. You imagine what people are, are desperate for today, every day, all through history, but especially in our time, to say, man, could you imagine feeling safe? living at ease and no fear well that's the daily reality for those in christ just as jesus said if you're burdened come unto me and i'll give you a rest and you can say every day my life no matter circumstances i live with ease safety without fear There was a key word in that promise, though, for believers. It was listen. Whoever listens to me, Jesus says, will live in safety, be at ease without fear. So if we listen, what does Jesus say several times? He that has ears to hear, let him hear. Love this study by Ron Roth on the Sanskrit word for prayer. Think about this here. Sanskrit, one of the oldest languages in the world. The, the Sanskrit word for prayer is pow-ow. Think about this. The literal meaning of pow-ow. To see ourselves as wondrously made. To see ourselves as wondrously made. A whole different 
level of thinking again. We're not in prayer looking for scraps. We're joint heirs with Christ and from that place to, to agree with God that we are wondrously made and to begin to make some affirmative prayers. Maybe your prayer, you know, this week every day is just to say, I am a child of God. Not a prayer about crumbs, but a prayer about life that affirms that you're wondrously made and the blessings of God are reserved for those who listen to his voice. Maybe your prayer is an affirmation that simply says, you know, God wants me to, to prosper and live an abundant life and to walk in that knowledge and in that hope. And, and so here's a, a two-word prayer that anybody can pray. So Charles Spurgeon, Lord, show me myself. Lord, show me yourself. And here's a second prayer anybody can pray, just two words, and simply is, you know, take five minutes and just say, God is. And sit silently for 30 seconds to a minute and then just repeat again, God is. You know, it's great to affirm the characteristics of God and, and to say things, you know, like scripture affirms and, and proclaim God is love. God is light. God is all powerful. But sometimes simply just to, to step back and not, put a, a defining statement and just say God is because he's everything he's everything to you he's everything to me and and just to step back and, and to pray that listen to Saint Francis 800 years ago a prayer again a different sowing different reaping Lord, make me an instrument of your peace. Where there is hatred, let me sow love. Where there is injury, pardon. Where there is doubt, faith. Where there is despair, hope. Where there is darkness, light. Where there is sadness, joy. Divine Master, grant that I may not so much seek to be consoled as to console. To be understood as to understand. To be loved as to love. For it is in giving we receive. It's in pardoning. We are pardoned. It's in dying. We are born to eternal life. So let me share a story here as we close from Charles Finney, a, a, a powerful evangelist used by God in the Great Awakening a couple centuries ago, a, a man of just holiness and conviction. And again, there's two paths. There's the path for those who refuse to listen and the consequence therein. And there's those who say, I want to listen to his voice. And there's the life of ease. There's the safety. No more fear. And if you and I are on the wrong path, we can make that change today and know what it is to live in that place where God makes all things new. So listen to the story here. I'll just read the words here from biographer Alan Carr about Charles Finney. The day he met a man on a different path. Detroit, Michigan. Evangelist Charles Finney had preached on the text of 1 John. The blood of Jesus, God's son, cleanses us from all sin. After the service, a stranger asked Dr. Finney to meet with him. Some of the church officials knew the man, advised Finney not to go with him, but he went anyway. 
The man said to Finney as they sat down in a bar across the street, we're in the back of a saloon. I am the sole proprietor. Mothers come in here, lay their babies on the counter and beg me not to sell liquor to their husbands. I turn a deaf ear to their cries. We see to it that when a man leaves here, he is well under the influence. More than one night, a man leaving here has been killed on the express train at the tracks. Dr. Finney, tell me, can God forgive a man like me? Finney replied, I have but one authority, the word of God, which says the blood of Jesus Christ, God's son, cleanses us from all sin. The man continued, in another room, we run a gambling hall. If a man doesn't spend all his money on liquor, we bring him back here and with marked cards, see to it he's fleeced of his last dollar. We send him home penniless to a hungry family. Dr. Finney I'm sole owner of this gambling hall. Tell me honestly, can God forgive a man with a heart like that? Again, Finney replied, I have but one authority, the word of God, which says the blood of Jesus Christ, God's son, cleanses us from all sin. That's not all. Across the street is my home. There lives my wife and little daughter. Neither one has had a kind word from me in five years. Their bodies bear the marks of my brutal attacks. Dr. Finney, do you really think God could forgive a man with a heart like that? Dr. Finney replied, I still have only one authority which says the blood of Jesus Christ, God's son cleanses us from all sin. The man opened the door, escorted the preacher into the night, then never left the room until the sun was rising. Before the sun would rise, he ripped up the deck of cards, poured out the contents of the bottles down the drain, and he crossed the road to his home, sat quietly in the living room. That morning, his little girl stood at the door of the living room and called, Dad, Mom says breakfast is ready. When he answered his girl kindly, she ran to her mother and said, something is the matter. When the mother followed her little girl to the living room, her husband motioned for them to come closer. He explained to their amazement how they had a new husband and a new dad. He gave his life to Christ, became a leader in the very church where Finney had preached. And when asked to tell how his life was changed, he would simply reply, I have only one thing to say. The blood of Jesus Christ, God's son, cleanses us from all our sin. May we truly stop and listen to his voice.